You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Nintendo Club Podcast. Joining you today to discuss the history of Zelda, the Hyrule Historia, Aaron Rivera. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Doing good. I've been playing a lot of Zelda this past <laughs> week. I finished Wind Waker HD, and I'm now embarking on my quest of Twilight Princess. So. <laughs> Yes, I'm really looking forward to Friday picking up Wind Waker. So. That's right. You still have to wait for the uh, physical copy. Yeah. And you're getting the uh, limited edition uh, Gandorf one, right? Yes, I am. It's the, the HD Remix Marvels. I never played the original, but this is... Uh, Wind Waker is my new favorite Zelda game of all time. Perhaps one of my favorite games of all time. In the top five for sure. So Yes. Uh, you have a lot to look forward to there. Yeah. So today we're going to go through kind of the history of Zelda... Some different timelines that Hyrule Historia has uh, provided clarity on for us. Uh, this is a book uh, sitting behind me here um, <laughs> um, that uh, created by Nintendo themselves in the 25th anniversary of Zelda year. It's the same year that Skyward Sword came out. So it does not include things like a link to, uh, between worlds, but that's pretty easy to fill in the gaps there. <laughs> yes. It's a sequel game. So uh, anyways, where do you want to start off and uh, dig into this uh, episode? Well, I thought we would just go straight through the timeline. So let's just start off with uh, Skyward Sword. Now, as far as spoilers and stuff, um, <laughs> I haven't played Skyward Sword. Is there anything in here that we're going to talk about, or that you're going to talk about, that's just going to ruin uh, that for me? Yeah, I I tried to not give too many spoilers that will ruin the story. Um, I think Zelda games are pretty typical in in how they play out. You always know what you're going to do. It's kind of like I the was good guy shocked in Wind guy. Waker when I discovered who <laughs> Zelda was. I was like, oh my gosh, my yes. Mind. So I try not to give too many spoils throughout or spoilers throughout this episode. Just kind of go through like the basics. You can see how the how the timeline fits together. Okay. So, but we may have some stuff that I don't know yes. that uh, you reveal. And there, uh, there will be. Yeah, yeah. The, there will be a little bit of spoilers, but not enough to ruin it to where you don't want to play the game. These games are definitely worth playing, even if you hear. I've, how I've always did. said you can't ruin a. Uh, is a game because it's mostly about the gameplay elements and it's not true. the story. And um, Wind Waker kind of... Uh, Wind Waker doubted my impression there because there were so many just, oh my gosh, that's amazing moments that yes. I, I would have rather not have spoiled. <laughs> so, anyways, let's dig into it. Skyward Sword is evidently the very first Zelda game, but it was uh, the most recent Zelda game. So, look at that. Um, so, this came out in 2011. was a Wii game. Uh, used Motion Plus. It's one of the few games on the Wii that utilized Motion Plus in a cool way, I've heard. And... There's no um, Ganondorf because is that true or was Ganon from there from the beginning? Well, uh, let's see. Ganon was sort of there. However, he was um, as another character. His name was Demise. Okay. Um, so so basically, a title. His name is Demise. <laughs> yes. So in Skyward Sword, um, it was very different because you're not on land um, for for some of the game. So these floating islands where all the humans live on, and they're up above the clouds. Now beneath the clouds, there is kind of this legend that there's there's lands down there and monsters. Um, and down below are where the um, 
the more kind of traditional races that you see within the Zelda games, um, those those races live down there beneath the clouds. Um, now, throughout the game, um, you actually forge the uh, Master Sword. and um, So you, you're basically, this is like Lord of the Rings, you have shards and you forge it? Yes. Cool. Yes, that's true. You actually <laughs> have to go around, you have to find little pieces, and, and you begin uh, to make up the, uh, the Master Sword. Um, and so it would, it, it would draw the reason that the Master Sword was around before, and you're reforging yeah. it? Well, yeah, the Master Sword was around, um, and then you actually have to get uh, powers to go into the sword. Um, okay. And, yeah. Um, now, as I said earlier, there was a character, his name was Demise, and you end up defeating him, um, and he promises that he will be reincarnated as the character you see throughout the games, and his name's Ganon. Um, so I hate that dude. Just <laughs> die, you know. Just die forever. Yeah. So that's kind of where his story started, and and he promised to be reincarnated there. Um, also in Skyward Sword, you see the prequel to um, Zelda, um, who is this goddess. Her name is Hylia, um, and she ends up uh, becoming Zelda throughout the rest of the series. You always see the Zelda character, and it's usually not the same one. Right, so, reincarnated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, so like a reincarnation. Or like it's like you like I'm Tim. There might be another Tim. It might not be <laughs> the same person. Yeah. However, there is kind of like a bloodline, sort of, um, that mm-hmm. all of the Zeldas um, end up being a part of the royal family, and they are kind of charged with protecting the Triforce. And so, cool. Yeah. So, what else can be said about Skyward Sword? Well. Um, to continue on the timeline, at the end of Skyward Sword, um, it kind of opens up um, to the lands below, um, and you see the first creation of Hyrule, the the more traditional Hyrule that you see throughout the other games. So, so in the first game, no Hyrule at all, really. You're just above in the clouds. Uh, I believe you're flying in a bird. That's kind of that that mechanic. Is that right? Yes, uh, because the birds were the only ones that could reach the the. Uh, uh, the city that's above the clouds. Now, how much flying are you doing? Is it similar to Wind Waker where you're going cloud to cloud? Um, not so much. Um, you actually fly these birds kind of straight to the, to the, um, these kind of holes that are within the clouds that you can kind of drop off and go to. You do have kind of free flying. However, it's not as free roaming as it is in Wind Waker. It's so you're kind not really of exploring the sky. Yeah. You're not really exploring as much. So, Okay, good to know. Uh, I've heard by many people this is their second favorite uh, Zelda game. It's uh, it's up there in the list of favorites. Yeah, yeah, definitely a really good game. So next up, um, you know, at the end of Skyward Sword, as you said, Hyrule is discovered. And it's under constant attack from monsters, as the notes indicate here. And that brings us to Minish Cap, which was a Nintendo DS game released in 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was actually a Game Boy Advance. Game. Oh, sorry, I am mistaken. <laughs> game Boy Advance, yes. Yep. I might point out that I haven't played a single handheld Zelda game, and that I personally am new to the series. I started with Ocarina of Time on the 3DS in March, then played Majora's Mask, and just finished Wind Waker, and now I'm embarking Twilight Princess. So I'm going through all the 3D Zeldas uh, at the time of release, kind of order, and. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I've not played a handheld Zelda game. So, um, Minish Cap, have you played this game? <laughs> Actually, this this is the only one that I have not played all the way through. I do have it, um, mm-hmm. and I just haven't played it all the way through. So, okay, yeah. As far um, as story, Minish Cap, uh, what's what's that like? Yeah, so um, the Minish Cap basically it's sort of like a side story. However, it does um, contribute to to the overall story. Um, Basically, there is a wizard. His name is Vati. Um, and you see him come up later on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, there is a fair going on. And um, the the prize is for for some event at the fair is this uh, Picori sword. Um, so Vati wins and he breaks the sword and uses his powers to trap Zelda in stone. Um, and then Link, <laughs> Link gets kind of uh, tasked with um, going to get the sword repaired so that he can defeat Vati and free Zelda. So in, in order to do this, he has to get this uh, Minish cap um, that will let him shrink down so that he can go see the Picori, which are these small thumb size people. Um, and they're the ones that actually created the sword. Um, and the the cap that he gets um, is this character. His name is Ezlo, and he actually is the kind of cap that that Link wears. So this is the first time we see the green cap into play. Yes, this is the first time that we see the green cap because in Skyward Sword he's not wearing the cap. So, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. And there is Link in Skyward Sword. Is he wearing green tunic at least? Um. You know, I don't remember that. Yes, yes, he does wear the green tunic, yes. So I'll tell you something. In Twilight Princess, I didn't really start to like the game until I got my green clothing. <laughs> yeah, it has I a very... it, I, It's like, what the heck is this? This looks like Monster Hunter, not like <laughs> art style and everything. But, you know, I didn't have my green clothes yet. And once yeah. I got them, it, it, it was like, oh, I'm Zelda now. <laughs> All right, I'm Link now, yeah. Yeah. But, that first okay. part of that game was a little rough. You had to get past that, and then yeah, then we'll talk about that a little bit here. We'll get the Twilight <laughs> Princess, I'm sure. So, um, um, green cap is given. Is that towards the end of the game, and then the game ends? Yes. And- so basically, at the end of the game, um, Ezlo leaves, and he gives Link the green cap. Um, he has this uh, small kind of saying. He says that you know he would look great with a cap, so he ends up giving him the cap. I love how the cat never falls off of him. He's flying (laughs) and jumping, and that's great. Rolling around, yeah. 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 So, moving from there, we have Four Swords, uh, released in 2002. And what what platform is this one on? Four Swords was on the Game Boy Advance. It actually came um, bundled with um, A Link to the Past for the Game Boy Advance. They re released it. Okay. So, uh, Four Swords was on that. So, so it sounds like a little tiny game. Is that right? Um, yeah, it it seemed like a tiny game. However, it was a full featured game. It it did have a story. Um, it could Ten last. Hour experience long. or I'm not sure how long. Like, I mean, it was relatively shorter than a lot of the other games. However, mm-hmm. it could last longer because it did have a multiplayer. Um, part into it where you could actually link up to other people's Game Boy Advances and play with them. So there was this whole kind of multiplayer aspect that made the game last longer as well. Okay. And what was the basic premise of Four Swords? Yeah, Four Swords was actually pretty simple. Basically, uh, Link was just trying to stop uh, Vati, who had been, uh, or 
who became freed from his prison uh, from the last game and just wanted to destroy Hyrule again. So basically, you're just trying to stop Vati again. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious, is Ganon mainly reserved for the home consoles in general? Um, it seems that way. However, as we get further on, you will see that uh, he, he actually is a large part to almost every Zelda game. Okay. Um, yeah. And going from this to oh, many people's uh, favorite Zelda game, Ocarina, um, what, what happens during that period? Yeah, so the um, Hyrule Historia um, tells us that there is a civil war in this period um, and that there is a king who um, who tries to unify the land. Well, he actually does unify the land, um, and that leads us up to the next game. So, Is that the same king as is found in Wind Waker? I am not sure about that. Um, okay. I, I would have to say no, it's not the same one. Same bloodline, though, perhaps? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think that all of the characters are within the the same bloodline. So. It's also in the royal. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Ocarina of Time, nineteen ninety eight slash two thousand eleven, I believe. If you want uh, the three DS version, there. Yes. Um, this is the first three D Zelda game, and three D meaning both. <laughs> visually and stereoscopic 3D, and also the first uh, joystick-type games. So not a D-pad game, this is all-out joystick, and you're in, uh, interacting with a three-dimensional environment. And this was a breakthrough at the time, I think still is, and all the uh, pa- uh, since 3D Zelda games have borrowed some aspect of it, and they really did nail the notion of you can't jump with Link. He's just going to jump on his own. He, they kind of did a lot of the stuff to make sure hey, this isn't this isn't Mario. You're not platforming. This is a, a different type of game. And uh, well, what else? Uh, what, what else do you want to say before we get to the story itself? Yeah, this game was just really great. I mean, the the story, or or just the fact that they were able to contain such a rich story within this game, was just really big deal back then. Um, yeah, and it was such a huge part for the entire Zelda timeline. So, Yeah, I forgot to mention, I do have uh, the gold cartridge. And I also forgot to mention, I, I should throw this up here. I got the Skyward Sword disc game here. So Skyward Sword came with the wonderful little soundtrack or yes. orchestra recording. So anyways, um, the story of Ocarina. This is a cool story that just kind of kicks off. A whole set of time, a whole set of three timelines. <laughs> yes. Uh, basically, it starts off. Uh, Zelda um, convinces Link to uh, try to stop this man. His his name was Ganon, um, and he was basically working for the king, uh, which is Zelda's father. Um, but through what they do, they end up leading to the fall of Hyrule. Um, so. Link must travel between time so that he can um, get the help from these sages to gain power so that he can defeat uh, the bad bad guys named Ganon. Um, now, Ganon, I wanted to kind of um, get this out. I'm not really sure if you call him Ganondorf or Ganon because at parts he's called Ganondorf and then other times yeah. it's called Ganon. It's like his um, uh, nickname, his short name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, they, or they like say... Or like Ganondorf is the more powerful version. It's when he has all the power, maybe. 
Yeah, um, I'm sh- like I'm sure that there's a reason, or I mean that there's there's something to it, but uh, maybe the the man version uh, is called Ganondorf. Or what is there a, a baby Ganon that we ever see here? A child? I don't. Ganon? I don't think we ever see a child child Ganon. No, it's just big, bad, and ugly all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no innocence for Ganon ever. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, he has to gain power so he can defeat him and. Uh, Save Hyrule. Now, um, throughout the game, the history of Hyrule is is told pretty well. Basically, there's these three types of goddesses that uh, created Hyrule um, long before. Um, I'm not sure if this was in the Skyward Sword era, if this was before. Now, is there a Triforce in Skyward Sword? As I recall, there's not a Triforce. Okay. But I'm not completely sure about that. It's the been box a while has a Triforce. I, okay. The box has a Triforce. So, I'm, so there must be, but I haven't played it in a long time, so I don't recall. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they leave behind the Triforce when they create Hyrule. Um, and when it's complete, whoever touches it will get a wish. Um, and basically, the Triforce is hidden away at, in a temple, and... Um, Ganon finds a Triforce, or he wants a Triforce, and he learns where it is, and he tries to go after it. And then, in the end, uh, Zelda sends Link um, back to his childhood um, after all this events have kind of played out. Um, And Link warns Zelda of what's going to happen in the future. Um, So, from this point, we get all these different timelines where these other Zeldas can kind of fit in based on what happened at the end of this game. So. And the, the notion of going uh, child to adult is pretty cool. The ocarina, the whole instrument thing was introduced really in this game, even though maybe Skyward Sword had it. This was the first game made where I believe instruments were this instrumental, unless I'm mistaken. There was um, Link's Awakening, and you couldn't actually play any songs on it, but there were eight different um, instruments that you had to get, and and they basically okay. just played this song. So, yeah, and I mean, this game was just mind blowing <laughs> as far as uh, the different things that that happened in it, and the dungeons and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this was, I guess, the pinnacle of their land games. Wind Waker was the sea game, and Skyward Sword being the sky game. Uh, but uh, you do, do uh, I'm trying to get what I'm trying to understand here. It basically forms the notion of um, what what Zelda gaming is, and, and that's a big deal. Yes. Yeah. So you played this on N64 and 3DS. Is that right? I played it on N64 when I was younger, and I I remember the first part of the game very well, and I don't remember ever getting further than that however i finished it um for what i could remember would be the first time um on the 3ds so okay it took me about 30 hours to beat on the 3ds so um moving forward we have the fallen hero timeline so this is the the timeline where uh say you uh screw up and you die when ganon's fighting you and say you don't um you know try again (laughs) Say you just give up once you die. I'm not sure who would do that. But say that happens, you have this timeline before you here. 
Yeah. Um, and this was also really big deal because whenever Nintendo first um, spoke of this Fallen Hero timeline, people realized, well, the Zelda series can just go on forever because basically at the end of any any Zelda game, Link could fail and then you can create a whole other timeline from there. I'm not a big fan so. of that notion of, <laughs> like, say, this is like we have three alternate realities simultaneously going on. I'm yeah. a big fan of, of one of those. The other two, I wish they were, was a single timeline. And so <laughs> they could fit it better. But, um, yeah, there are three timelines. Um, so the Seal War, Gain was locked away, but gained access to the Sacred Realm and the Triforce. He wished to rule the, war, the tri- world. The Triforce created a dark version of Hyrule, an alternative reality. This created uh, the dark world, as I just said. Uh, Ganon made an army of citizens that were also searching for the Triforce. Uh, the knights of Hyrule saved the sages and sealed the dark world. So uh, then we get to a link to the past. That's kind of what happened. Yeah. The, first so. off, the notion of... Uh, these. I just gotta get this on my my chest. These gods seem like idiots for creating the Triforce to begin with. <laughs> like any object that can grant ultimate power is a bad object, I believe, to have in existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's not very um it's not protected very well. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So yeah, Link to the Past. This is perhaps the best Zelda game ever made in the two D realm at least. I've never played it, so I'm looking forward in, looking forward to playing its sequel and we'll get the virtual console release at some point and play this. Yeah, it's a really great game. I played this so much when I was a kid. Um, yeah, and basically, um, in the game, it starts off by telling you what had happened in, in the previous game, um, well, the previous game in the timeline. Um, and basically, the the sages... Um, Let's see. Wait, so yeah, it tells you about what happened at the end of Ocarina Time? Yes, it tells you about... Before about Ocarina the Time actually was made? <laughs> yes, yes, it tells you all about that. Um, okay. it, it, it speaks of the Seal War and um, uh, about the sages and, and how Link had the save Hyrule. And, um, yeah, it's pretty... Okay, and this is the first real Zelda game since the original, basically, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was the Adventure of Link... If you don't count Zelda 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Because a lot of people, they, they uh, it's in there, but it's not an authentic, it's a different kind of game. Yeah, it's a very different kind of game. But So, yeah, Link to the Past uh, can go through this whole story with us here. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty simple, um, but basically... Um, Link must save the the sages and defeat this uh, character's name uh, Aganim. I'm not sure how to how to pronounce that, mm-hmm. um, but um, he must defeat him whenever he breaks the seal and goes into the dark world. So um, Link has to go and and fight him so that he can end up sealing off the dark world again. Um, so he has to fight him, and then he also has to fight uh, Ganon. Um, who is in the dark world um, to restore Hyrule. And once he does, um, it kind of gets rid of the dark world and restores Hyrule back to normal. So, so are the sages in the dark world as well? Uh, yes, there are sages in, in the dark world. They're all kind of trapped in there, um, and you must get in there and gain their power. So, And these are the same sages like um, as Ocarina or different incarnations of them? Um. 
I believe they are um, kind of like generations on. So this is later. Um, so it's kind of like their their powers has been passed on okay. to to a different group of sages. Okay, but similar. It's kind of interesting. The Ocarina, um, a lot of people's favorite 3D Zelda game. It's not mine. Mine's Wind Waker. But um, you get to save the four sages in Ocarina. You get to save the four sages in A Link to the Past. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I very believe- similar as far as your quest. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty similar in in what you have to do. Um, Execution is all different though. Yes. You're not going back childhood and adult. You're going instead uh, light to dark. So in a way, it's similar mechanics, but in a 2D realm, it makes more sense in that. Yeah, and and this game actually did a a really good job of switching between the light and dark world. I think even probably better than um, going between times uh, because. You could go to a land, to a spot on the land, and then you could go to the dark world, and you would be in that same spot, and and it would just change. So you might be in the light world, and you have to cross this river, and then you switch to the dark world, and then there's something on the other side of the river that you can actually, so you can get to it. Hmm. So, yeah, there were a lot of puzzles, kind of like that. (laughs) Sounds cool. Yeah. And anything else about this game? No. Okay. Um, not in this, uh, is, uh, the sequel game. Not much is known about it, except hundred years in the future from a link to the past, a link between worlds and, um, you go light to dark world through crevices in the wall using magic and you're able to turn into a painting. And, uh, that's pretty much all we know story wise. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard much about this game. Um, as far as the story, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so that will be the film The Gapper, uh, November 22nd, too. We'll know more <laughs> yep. as we start playing it. So next up, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. This was Capcom-produced game with, I believe, some help from Nintendo themselves. Um, what do you want to say about these games here? Yeah, so these games are very interesting, I'll say. Just kind of how they were very different than than the... Um, some of the other games, they looked a lot like Zelda games. They played very differently, though. How so? Um, well, you had these, uh, for example, in Oracle of Seasons, I believe, you have a kangaroo that you kind of work with. That's <laughs> and, awesome. Yes, yeah, so you kind of hop inside the kangaroo's pouch, and, and he kind of takes you around. And So there are kind of things like that. And, uh, yeah, it just, just plays a little bit differently. Um, there's a lot of characters in there. Um and just a lot of changes that you can make. You you end up getting control of the seasons or or time. So, um, now how different are these two games that share a very similar name? Is it they, uh, are you be bored playing the second one after you played the first one? Almost. Well, it kind of depends on which one or kind of what you're into. Um, seasons is a very um, action based game, whereas. Um, uh, the Oracle of Ages is a more puzzle-based game, so so it just kind of depends on which one you want to do first. However, I like just killing things. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's what I prefer to do too. So, <laughs> yep. but you could actually link the two games, and um, when you do that, you would unlock different things that was in in the other games, like a final boss fight type thing. Yes, and so the final boss was actually um, was actually uh, the Ganon that was. 
um, I've been speaking of this earlier, um, he wasn't actually in the games unless you link the two. So that way, when you play the second one, then you got a special boss and you got to fight him. So and if you didn't link the two, you'd be playing the same boss as an or- Oracle of whatever you didn't play. Um, I don't recall okay. who the boss was. Yeah. So. Okay. Interesting. And um, so uh, after this, we have a Link's, Link's Awakening, which oh. also had Link's Awakening DX, I believe. Yeah. Uh, just real quickly, I want to get into the story of, of mm-hmm. those two games. Uh, basically, um, Link was trying to investigate the Triforce a little bit more, um, and he was kind now, of... What happened to the Triforce after a Link to the Past? It was um, locked away in a palace, and okay. yeah, that was basically it. Um, and while he was um, he was doing this with the Triforce, he was kind of whisked away to these different lands, uh, one called Holodrum and one called Labrina. And while he's in these worlds, um, the land kind of falls into chaos here, and Link is kind of tasked with uh, uh, restoring them. And meanwhile, um, uh like the evil forces try to revive their master, uh, the master in the name of Ganon. So, and, and so they never really speak of that. However, that's happening in uh, the background. Okay. And then, um, from there we have links awakening and that was also released as links Awakening DX, which I believe that got some extra content in that version of the game. I'm not sure what the difference is. I'm not sure if you could explain yeah. that before. Yeah, I bl- I'm not sure exactly what the content was. Um, possibly the color. I know that they added color with the DX version. I'm not sure if there was anything else added. Oh, the original was black and white on the Game Boy, right? Yes. Huh. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so in Link's Awakening, um, this one was a very strange game. Um, I know a lot of people kind of look back on this as one of their most uh, memorable um, in the entire series. Uh, but it was really just a side quest. And I haven't seen anything to kind of connect it to any of the the timeline as a real major part in in the timeline yet. So, so Link set off to hone skills after Link passed. He crashes on this island. Only way to leave the island was to wake the windfish. The island was a dream of the windfish when he woke up. Uh, okay, so yeah, he's basically getting better at uh, fighting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, basically. And it's just a really great story. If you haven't played this game, I definitely recommend it because it's so so different than any of the other Zelda games, and that it. It really tells a story that you really get into. That really has nothing to do with Link, so it's interesting. Now, visually, these handheld games and these 2D games, do they all kind of share the same DNA, or is it like the 3D games where they try to do a new art style every time? It's basically the same. There's small changes in it, but they're really just kind of this this top view. Um and I believe it was Shigeru Miyamoto that said that that's the way that they should be. Because when you think of of uh, these kind of worlds you're kind of looking into, you view it from the top. And that's just the way it should be. So, Well, <laughs> on the 3DS, you can have it right here in front of your yeah. face where it's yeah. not really the case. But yep. Yeah. Okay. So similar art style. I've never really, as I said, never really dived into the 2D games except the original which you really do need a guide to get through. <laughs> um, and speaking of the original, uh, 
what's the original like? <laughs> Who hasn't yeah, played so the original? Right? The, the original really didn't give you a lot of story unless you kind of went into the booklet. Yeah. Um, and in there, it kind of tells you that you just have to save Zelda. Um, basically, uh, Ganon has the uh, Triforce. Sorry to interrupt. This is basically yeah. um, Mario's story, but for Zelda. <laughs> yes. Right? Exactly. You just have this large world, and you just kind of you just start out, and you just go. Uh, there's really this this old man in a cave gives you a sword, and <laughs> and you just go. Here, this might be useful. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, uh, Ganon has a Triforce of Power, and um, he went into Hyrule and tries to get the uh, Triforce of Wisdom. So Zelda told her, um, kind of. Um, or like a guard or something um, to find a hero. Um, and she breaks the Triforce into eight pieces and hides them all around the world. So Link has to find the Triforce fragments to save Zelda. Very cool. The, the gameplay is fun. The music is amazing. It, it really, <laughs> it was one of those games where there's a lot of nooks and crannies and, I couldn't beat it ever in my life without a guide. So, yeah. Yeah. That's how I was as well. So As a kid, this game scared me off from trying to play future <laughs> Zelda games because it was that difficult. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, both good and bad, I guess. Yes. So uh, we move now to the Adventure Link, Zelda 2. And uh, what can be said about this game here? This is the last of this timeline. Well, I'm going to say this is the hardest Zelda game. It is ridiculously hard. I've never beaten it. <laughs> so, Is that because, like, okay, so I started playing this in the 3DS once, and I started walking, and then I found myself in this whole new place. Yeah, it, it switches between this overhead view and a side-scrolling kind of platformer um, kind of view. And it's very difficult when you're in the side scrolling. Just enemies are. Well, I have no idea hard. where to go. It's like, what yeah. am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to find out what you're doing. And then when you do, it seems like you just get killed. <laughs> so, so, what's the um, story involved with this? Yeah, basically, um, Link is on a quest to uh, find Zelda. And this is not the same Zelda as before. Now, the, um, the Hyrule Historia says it's a. Uh, like an ancestor to the previous Zelda. So I'm not really sure how that fits in, but that's what they claim. And basically there are just a bunch of uh, people all around trying to kill Link and get his blood so that they can revive the Demon King, uh, which is uh, which is Ganon. So they're trying to use Link's blood to revive Ganon? Yes. So then you'll have like a Harry Potter scenario <laughs> where um, you need to kill Link to kill Ganon kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but uh, if you play this game correctly, um, that would never happen, right? That's true. Unless, of course, that did happen and you lost, like, at the end of Ocarina. Yep. And then you have this whole other <laughs> timeline, right? Where in future games, you have to kill yep. yourself to kill Ganon, <laughs> which could actually be an interesting idea. That could be kind of cool, actually. I just thought it was different <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah. So let's jump into the Child Link timeline. Uh, this is if you beat Ganon at the, at the end of Ocarina and you um, go on the, the Childhood Adventure, which this part's confusing to me because, sure, he's a child, but I guess this guy never grows up to... 
or does he grow up and then he just switches timelines or like how the I, I'm confused as well, to that part of yeah it, it's a little confusing they call it the child link timeline because it begins when he was a child in uh, the Majora Mask uh, yeah the Majora's Mask whereas the other timeline that we'll speak of he he has grown um, it's it's like uh, the Zelda side so she she's grown and that's the adult side. So this is called the the child side. Because at the end of Ocarina, Zelda restores Link to a kid, right? Yes. So is the adult one if Zelda didn't restore Link, or what? Um, well, the way that I I took it is that she she always sends him back. Um, so she sends him back to his time when when he was a kid, and he just continues his life from there. However, Zelda stays in the future. And it's called the Adult Link time timeline because Zelda was an adult. However, Link was okay. already gone from from that that time period. Okay, so Zelda's an adult. Link yes. vanishes out of yes. you know thin air, and then it's that timeline with a vanishing hero. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and in the child link with the Majora's Mask, did he actually do all of those things that he did as an adult then, or is this child link forget all of that? Or... Well, it's kind of strange because even in in the other game, when you go between time, um, things you had done would still affect you as a kid. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they play like, that. He may remember it, but everyone else around him is like. Who yeah. are you, you little punk? You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because it's, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a headache if you try to overthink this stuff. Yeah, time traveling is, is very confusing. So, so Majora's <laughs> Mask, this came out in 2000 on the N64, had this wonderful holographic uh, version of the cartridge, had a regular one too, I'm sure. And uh, this is a very beloved game by many. And I believe there will be a 3DS remake next year, is my hope. Uh, that would make sense to me. And uh, that would be great, because it, it is... It, once you, it takes a while to get into it, because the graphics are a bit jarring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this is Link as a Kid, and I've actually played this one. This is one of, I guess, three or four Zelda games I've finished. Yeah. And he's basically trying to save the world in three days, Groundhog style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically, um, you kind of relive these three days over and over again. Certain things you do um, kind of stay throughout the three days. Other things kind of get reset. So you might have to redo things throughout the uh, throughout the three days. However, um, yeah, like the basic story, uh, Link um, gets kind of pulled into this alternate world called Termina. And it's kind of being terrorized by Skull Kid, who was also in the, uh, the previous game. So Termina is not Hyrule. No, it is not Hyrule. Um, it's kind of like an alternate kind of world. So it's and it's alternate. It's not like we're we're in America. We're not going to Europe or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like an alternate world. So, so the question is, is anything with George's mask actually happen, or is this just Link having a crazy dream? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I mean, it's kind of like a. Like Link's Awakening um, kind of makes you question whether all this stuff actually happened if it was just a dream of the windfish. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is heavy stuff here. So the cool yeah. thing about this game is you're basically helping all these people, the Skull Kid, um, 
disrupted and and ruin their lives. And as you help these uh, very sad people, you take off their pain, and you make them happy, and you carry their pain in these masks that you can wear. And some of them you can actually transform into different things, like a Zora or a, a Goron, and roll around in this big ball, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. But um, the whole notion of the masks and everything, it, it's a very... It's the darkest Zelda game, I think, maybe they've made. It's very depressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> so, but and there's also, no Ganon in this one. It's um, Where was the Skull Kid in the previous game? Um, he was in the uh, forest, in the, the Lost Woods. So you could actually go meet him there. There was just a little side quest thing. I don't recall what it was, but yeah. It I actually wasn't a part of the main story. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. he's in one of the forests, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, like the Lost Woods where you have to go kind of follow the sound. Mm-hmm. He is in one of the rooms there. So Cool. That's very yeah. cool. Uh, I like your Triforce shirt, by the way. Oh, the yes. The at the top <laughs> of it. Yeah, very nice. Yep. So. So um, anything else be, uh, they want to say about Majora's Mask? Yeah, basically, um, like a really large part of that game is the – the reason you play the three days over again is because the moon is is uh, is basically being brought down. It's going to crash into the world. So you you replay the uh, these three days to try to stop the moon from crashing into the in the world. So, and have you ever let the moon crash just to see what happens? Yes, <laughs> yes, I have. And the game um, totally ends there, or do you restart from your last save point? Or yeah, you just have to restart restart from your last save. So. I kind of want to try that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, Majora's Mask, a weird and quirky game that I really enjoyed. Really hoping to make a remaster of it because N64 games uh, aren't the best shape these days. Yeah. Um, so next up in this dark and depressing timeline we have here, <laughs> it's weird. The child gets all this depressing. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it yeah. is. So Twilight Princess, which I'm now playing. I'm I just beat the Forest Temple. So I'm about five hours into the game, and uh, I'm starting to enjoy this. So you have um, a Link, which has dirty blonde hair. You know, shame on them. Um, <laughs> uh, he transforms into a wolf when he gets into this Twilight uh, world. And do you want to talk a little bit about this whole Twilight versus regular day notion thing? Yeah, basically a Twilight world is kind of like another alternate reality. Um, and... Yeah, it's just it's just kind of like this darker world, and there's this character that comes over. Her name is Midna, um, and she kind of um, kind of follows Link around, um, kind of like a fairy in a sort of way. She's a pretty. I mean, as far as your sidekicks go, she's not that annoying so far. Like in Ocarina, I yeah. wanted to punch that stupid <laughs> uh, Navi. You know? Yeah. Hey, you're the way. I gotta help you here. <laughs> It's like, oh boy. Yeah, I actually liked Minda. She was really helpful. Uh, You can kind of target her and and jump towards her. You can use her to help jump and, you Mm -hmm. know, attack things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And basically, it's just just pretty typical game. I mean, you you kind of have to travel between the the, uh, Twilight and just like the normal world. But basically, just. Sort of kind of like um, Link link, uh, to the Past, or not really. Sort of, except that the Twilight world. There's I don't only feel... one version of each world at a time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. And yeah, this is. I mean, it's kind of cool. You transform into the wolf. This is like. 
Majora's Mask, you transform in different things. This one, you do a little bit of that. In Wind Waker, you're able to play as um, this tree dude and um, a bird, sort of. So it seems like Majora's Mask, they saw this cool notion of transformation and controlling things that aren't exactly Link. And they brought it to Twilight Princess, and they brought it to Wind Waker. I'm not sure what other games that you play, things that aren't what Link actually is. Yeah, it just seems like this kind of thing that, that they like to kind of put into all these games. It's really nice. Um, so, I mean, it kind of brings a little bit of uh, change. You're not always feeling like you're doing the same thing throughout the game. So Yeah. So, in this timeline, Ganon is still alive, like Zelda, or Link did not kill him at the end of Ocarina, evidently. Yeah, um, well, at the end of Twilight Princess, you actually do, um, you do kill him, but he is, <laughs> yeah, um, he actually is alive throughout this timeline, but you so do he kill comes him. back? Yes, he does come back. <laughs> just want to kill him for once. <laughs> well, you actually do get to do that, so. Okay. Um, yeah, we will get there. So, um, yeah, in the mid, okay, so it's, a. Uh, Minda, Link, and Zelda kind of team up in this final battle? Um, sort of, They don't really team up in the, the final battle so much. It's just kind of throughout the entire story. They're always kind of working together. So, Okay. Uh, the last game in this series, this timeline, I should say, is Four Swords Adventure. Uh, GameCube, I want to say? Yes, it was for the GameCube. So and this is this a little tiny kind of game, or... It was a pretty tiny game, yeah. Um, basically, you had the um, the full game played up on the screen, and you could only control it with uh, the Game Boy Advance. So you had to, <laughs> so you had to plug in uh, four Game Boy Advances if you wanted to play it with four players. You could also play with with less, but uh, is then, it a single person experience at all? Yes, you could play it single player also. Okay. But. Now, there is some bit of a story to this, or? Um, yes, there's a bit of a story. Um, basically, it kind of continues the, the kind of Four Swords story. Um, after defeating Vadi, uh, Ganon... So Four Swords, I just want to say, it's part of the Origins timeline before I'm yes. <laughs> So, why is it so far down this list here? I am really not sure how that happened. Um, a lot of people just <laughs> think that Nintendo kind of threw it together. Which sort of makes sense. They kind of just put yeah, things they, they, where they it made games sense. Off gameplay, not story. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, uh, after you beat Vati, um, Ganon reveals that he was actually behind uh, this whole thing. He was behind Vati in the, uh, the first Four Swords, um, probably behind Vati and uh, the Minish Cap. And also here in Four Swords Adventures. So okay, and you finally defeat Ganon in this time when yes. he's dead for good. Yes, maybe. you defeat Ganon. Um, as far as we know, there hasn't been anything after this in this timeline, so we assume that he he's now dead. Um, okay. One thing though is that uh, the Ganon in Twilight Princess was not the same one that was in Four Swords Adventures. So he's kind of like this reincarnation, um, as he said in. Uh, um, Skyward Sword that he will be reincarnated so he's he's just kind of like a different character throughout these okay 
So we got six minutes left, and we got three games left, and we have my favorite timeline left. So yeah, um, this is my favorite timeline because it has Wind Waker in it. I mean, come on. So yes. you jump from Ocarina of Time right to Wind Waker. How could you go wrong there? Um, basically, uh, you have this wonderful prologue, the opening of Wind Waker, that explains what happens between these two games. Uh, basically, um, all was right in the world, and then Ganon, he broke out. He was sealed under... Um, Basically, he broke out of his seal. I'm not sure where he was sealed or how does that work. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, Zelda was kind of left to the restoration of Hyrule. Um, Ganon breaks free because he was sealed within the... Uh, uh, it's kind of like this, the sages sealed him away. Yeah, which um, Link just killed him. That was a stupid thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and basically, uh, the people were waiting for Link to return. but he, And this Link he, guy, was he was a major figure. He was like... Everyone, like, worshipped this guy almost. They prayed to him to come back. And, like, he was a big deal in this world. Yeah. Yeah. And so whenever um, they started having problems, uh, Ganon um, started to threaten Hyrule. Um, They were waiting for Link, and he never returned. And the gods decided, um, let's try something new and flood our (laughs) world to stop Ganon from doing it. So they flooded Hyrule. And they told some of the people, the important folks, uh, sorry, you little um, civilians, you're not important <laughs> enough, but you need to flood and die. <laughs> so the important folks uh, went to the top of mountains, and so the Wind Waker world is Hyrule, but only the mountaintops of Hyrule. I really yes. want to visit Ocarina of Time again and see like if any of those places are in Wind Waker <laughs> or whatnot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but basically... Yeah, he's, flood- yeah, he's flooded, uh, so the world's flooded, and then we have Wind Waker many hundred years after Ocarina. And do you want to go into what Wind Waker's all about? Yeah, so, um, basically, Ganon uh, uses the Triforce to kind of break out from, from underneath the water. Um, and Link and um, this character named Tetra, um, trying not to give away too much, uh, defeat him and... Uh, Kind of wash or wash away Hyrule and the sword uh, along with Ganon, so that kind of ends this this kind of uh, this kind of notion that you have to have the Triforce and Ganon and the Master Sword because it all gets washed away. So I gotta tell you that final blow through the <laughs> head—that's such a violent thing for <laughs> Nintendo to do. I saw it's like, oh my god, yeah. that just happened. And, yeah. yeah, it was just a really good game. There was so many twists in there and crazy stuff happening. The That's story was great. It, the gameplay yeah. was great. The exploration was amazing. This was the best combat style I've ever seen in a Zelda game. And it was a discoverable game where I didn't need a guide to actually get through this one like I did Majora's or Ocarina or the original yeah. Zelda. Like This was a discoverable game, a game that was approachable for anybody, I feel. And the art style is my favorite. Going to Twilight Princess after this, I, the first day I was playing, it's like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> I want my Wind Waker art again. Because, yeah, yeah, the Wind Waker, the art style is just phenomenal. This tune link, they call it. And everything about it, like, it was just, it was, it's such a great game. Yeah. <laughs> such a great game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, at the end of this game, we are, uh, you see, at the end of this game, you see uh, Link. And um, Tetra sail off into the ocean, and they just... I love the fact that they just saved the world, but he doesn't have time to talk to his grandma. He's just sailing <laughs> away. Let's see what else is out there. 
Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what happens. Uh, they sail off into the distance, and that is Phantom Hourglass. Uh, yeah. That's a DS game. Mm-hmm. Use the stylus quite a bit. And what, Have you played this one? Yes, I actually played this one a few times through. I really just enjoy this timeline a lot. Um, and and the thing I like about this is right after Wind Waker, they kind of talk about like the bloodline is kind of growing thin. So uh, like the game, the, the story starts to change from here. So in Phantom Hourglass, um, Link and Tetra are looking for a new land to kind of settle. But they get kind of pulled away into this to this other uh, world kind of where there's this uh, character named Bellum. And they have to uh, beat him. And then they, they do and just continue on. So it's really just a, a side story. So Yeah, I kind of wish that the gods decided, hey, let's de-flood Hyrule <laughs> instead of let's go off and f- try to find a new continent. Um, I also wonder, like... What's wrong with the islands? I kind of like the islands. Let's <laughs> not try to find some new bigger place that has yeah. land. But because um, you can fall off the edge because it's a flat world, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know you have Lincoln Zelda, uh, uh, Lincoln Tet, uh, sorry, <laughs> Lincoln uh, Tetris searching for the new land, um, and Bellum is a new villain, and they defeat him and continue onwards to Spirit Tracks, where they find this new huge continent. That um, is the new Hyrule, and uh, evidently there's uh, railroad tracks on this. Continent. Yeah, so there are these tracks, and they're called the Spirit Tracks. Now, these Spirit Tracks are kind of holding in this uh, some kind of evil force that's within the land, um, and basically, um, it's trying to trying to get free. Um, and Link and Zelda. Now, this is actually generations past uh, after they've already settled the land so so there is a high rule and then link and zelda which are different than the phantom hourglass and wind waker link um they have to defeat this character named halidus and, okay yeah so let me get this right they they go to this new high rule and are they like the north uh, like the england folks killing off the native americans kind of deal or is this <laughs> less like that no, it is less like that. Uh, it's basically they just find this this land and just kind of settle it. So, okay, they didn't have to fight one to yeah. claim this land. Yeah, there's just yep. these monsters that they you get. Rid yeah, of. just okay. monsters. Okay, <laughs> I am very curious to play Phantom and Spirit Tracks because this is my new favorite timeline with Wind Waker being a big part of that. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they made like a Wind Waker 2, which is Phantom <laughs> Hourglass and Sphere Tracks as a high-end console game that's more in-depth and more rich of an experience, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, this is just my favorite timeline. I really enjoy this. It's also the first time that they continued on. Uh, I mean, just kind of like they really lead into each other. There isn't space in between. You have to kind of figure out what It sounds like a big, concise happens. story, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I would love them to do a, you know, a... Zelda game that's after Spear Tracks, perhaps, uh, for the yeah. home consoles. We'll see what they do next. But um, do, do both Phantom Hourglass and Spear Tracks hold up today? Yes, they do. Uh, I actually was playing Phantom Hourglass the other day, and it really does hold up. It's just a little bit strange because we've kind of gotten away from the touch um, on the stylus 3D. control. Yeah, yeah, besides the stylus control. On the uh, 3DS, there's still a little bit of touch, but you do have to use the stylus. It's almost the entire game. Okay. So. Well, I will be checking both of those out probably because um, 
I love this timeline. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, that is Hyrule the story, the timeline of Zelda and uh, all these awesome games. And I'm sure we'll have more to say about Zelda games as there's so much to talk about. And we just covered the basic story elements in this uh, yeah. episode today. Any final words on the Zelda timeline? No, uh, besides, just can't wait till Friday. Because <laughs> so you're still waiting for Windows. <laughs> still waiting, counting yeah. down the days. So. Excellent. Well, uh, in the meantime, where can folks find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter, Meverse, uh, YouTube, Instagram at alrivera058. And I'll try to get my uh, 3DS and Wii friend code up on the uh, up on the podcast notes. Cool. Just email me those, and uh, I'll be able to do that. Uh, I, I always forget to look them up, <laughs> copy all those down. But, yeah. um, uh, for myself, uh, T-C-H-A-T-E-N is my username pretty much everywhere. Me versus Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. You can watch this live every Sunday night, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and then me and uh, John go uh, 9 to 10, uh, same uh, same channel, youtube.com slash T-C-H-A-T-E-N. So if you want to join us live, that's uh, where you do it and when you do it. And until next week, uh, thank you, Aaron, for uh, taking your time this Sunday evening. Yeah, thanks. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey, guy. There's a new podcast out. Great. What's it about? Let's Talk Apple. Well, yeah, we will. We will. But uh, what's the podcast called? Let's Talk Apple. <sighs> okay, if you want to. Uh, Rainier, Silken, Gold Rush, Pippin. What are you on about? I'm talking Apple. Huh? That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Us talking about apples? Well, there we go again. Tangentially, as usual, moving off topic. Did you know Bart Bouchotts has a new podcast out? Yep. Let's Talk Apple. Oh, jeez. <laughs>